0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to another action-packed edition of the radio show, The Aftermath. We appreciate you hitting the download button to check us out for another dope interview. You got M16 and got my tag team partner, EZ, with me. Ez, what's up, man? How's it going? I'm
2: sure you're pretty happy since Live Sports is back. And it's so wonderful. I mean, I'm here for it. Empty stadiums and all. It's been wonderful. So you're getting your 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 fix.
1: So I'm sure you're feeling good about. It. I know the jerk was talking about that too. About, um, you know, he was just happy to have live sports back. Me, yeah, you know, whatever. You know, it's cool. A little glance here and there, nothing major. The beat goes on, bro. The beat goes on. But um, in case it's the first time that you've ever uh checked us out. This is the radio show, The Aftermath. It's a spinoff of our show that we do on Tuesdays live with all six of our hosts. It's a spinoff um, with myself and Easy, and then occasionally some of our other co-hosts will come on here and hang out with us. And what we do on this particular show is that we interview very exciting and interesting people um, about their endeavors, business owners, rappers, singers, you know, people of all endeavors. Today is no different, easy, because this is, this is important, man. COVID is crazy. So we have a financial advisor, planner, Terry Graham. We're going to talk to him, man, because like I was saying on Tuesday, man, folks out here need to be saving their coins because we don't know what we're going to run into with this whole, you know, coronavirus thing, man, how it's going to affect the economy and how you need to be saving your coins. And you know I'm all about saving some ends. You know this.
2: Absolutely. All right. And especially now, because everybody's going into the stock market and looking at different things like that. So now's the perfect time to get some real deal advice on it and not just waste your money on stuff. Absolutely. So what we're going to do is we're going to bring in, speaking
1: of money, the insanely high-budget applause that we spared no expense for just like this. (laughs) And bring in our special guest, Terry Graham. Terry, thank you for making the time to come on the show.
0: Oh, thank you guys for having me. I I definitely look forward to our our discussion on uh, this afternoon.
1: All right, so we're just going to – we don't waste any time around here. We're just going to jump right into it. So, you know, as far as your background and everything, what led you down the path of wanting to be involved
0: with financial planning? Well, the big thing was was, uh, a lot of people were asking me questions about it, and also, I had a financial planner, but I was not comfortable with that financial planner. So I just did stuff on my own uh, because of the things he was saying. trying Instead of him giving me, tell me what to do, instead of trying to figure out what my goals and dreams were, and then helping me fulfill my goals and dreams. And not that you can't give me good advice, but at least listen to, hey, wh- what do you want out of life? Why are you saving? Why are you... You know, why do you want to invest? Why do you want to do what you want to do? Versus just saying, hey, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this. And I was like, no, nah, it's not a good fit for me. So um, I left him alone and just did my own thing. I said, all right, let me – and then as I did that, more and more people were like, hey, what are you doing? Who do you turn to? And I'm like, I really just, you know, read and look and find out and research my own. So then when I realized the lack of – those types of people, uh, especially in the uh, black community, um, it just was like, "Wow, this is something that's needed," and those conversations need to happen because a lot, a lot of those conversations don't happen with family. They don't happen in school, uh, whether it be high school, whether it be college, uh, and they don't have they don't happen. People will talk about a lot of other stuff, but they don't always talk about money. So that's what led me uh, there and to be able to help other people. Okay. So that's, uh, you,
1: you said something in there. I had another question, but I wanted to follow up on something that you mentioned in there where you said that you had a financial planner that you weren't particularly comfortable with. So in, in that type of, in that aspect, what have you seen? Like, if you were to stick around with that, what have you seen, what has been the biggest mistake you've seen people make with their money during this Unsure time in the economy Could it be that they are getting bad advice Like what are some of the things that you're seeing that The mistakes that people are making During this time in the economy
0: couple of things One they are People are not They don't have emergency funds So um, a lot of emergency funding um, We have an emergency right now Started you know in March Really uh, we'll start before then But this is a March major emergency if People don't have emergency funds uh, to take them out three months, six months, or a year out, they don't have that much money stashed away for that. The other thing that I see with people now everybody loves the buying right now and and um i don't not buying, but you want to research how you buy um and in and, into and, and the market because what happens is everybody's buying it at a high price because the market right. is up. So basically you're buying, paying full price for something and the market will fluctuate. And not that you don't want to, you know, buy into it, but people are just buying. I want to buy it. but you're paying full price. Whereas you research and find out some different things. What's, you know, what may be at a better price. Then you can look and find stuff that is at a sale price. Not everything is up, but, What happens, I see, is the market goes up and everybody wants to buy. The market comes down and everybody wants to sell. So basically they're actually doing it backwards. You should buy low and sell high. Uh, But most people are buying high and then they're selling low and then they're losing that money in between. And I've seen a lot of people do that. I have clients that were, um, when the market went down in March, they they were calling, hey, what's going on with my money? What's going on with my money? Well, your money did go down, um, but you'll be fine because we planned for this. And I had a conversation with my clients in January, December, January time frame, preparing them. The market is at an all-time high. It's going to go down. So we have planned for that to make sure that they were set up good for the, when the market went down. Not that you're not going to lose anything, but it's not going to be as painful as everybody else because we planned this out. We know it's coming. We don't know when but we know it's coming. It hit, and I was like, we're good. And they were like, oh, okay. I said, yeah. I said, you're fine. Do you need this money? And and, and, and look at that, and they were like, well, I don't need this money right now. You're fine. If you, and I had one client in particular that needed some money. And the market was at an all-time high. I said, cash out now and hold on to that money. And she was like, well, I want to try to squeak some more dollars out. I said, don't be greedy. And that's the other part. Don't be greedy. You hit a point, you made some money off of what you invested. Now, take that. Well, I want a little bit more. Well, if she would have waited to March, the market went down. She would have lost quite a bit of the money she had. So, that's the other thing buying high, selling low, and not having enough money to in your emergency account and not planning, not really having an investment plan. People are buying. I see. People call me, I want to buy this, I want to buy that. And I'll sit there and explain to them, here, let's look at what you're trying to do. And let's see how I can help you. And I'll explain it to them. And they're like, oh, I didn't think of it that way. I said, you have to plan investments. Like you can't buy sporadically, but for me, I'm an investment planner. So I focus on let's plan this out, look at time span, five years, 10 years, 15, 20, 25 years out, versus just looking. Well, this is hot now Let me go get it And then What are you going to have In a year uh, And and so let, Anyway Those are some of the things That I have seen. Okay Yeah, I appreciate The thorough
1: explanation On that Because again A lot of people On the surface Feel like they know About this type of thing And how to save money But it's different, different Hearing it from a professional So we we're talking to Financial advisor Planner And just all around Good dude Terry Graham You can check him out at LegacyBuilders.us. You are listening to the radio show, The Aftermath. Easy. You got something for Terry. Hey, Terry. So um,
2: with things that – with things, the way they are set up right now, um, optimistic are you that the um, economy will shake back, specifically the stock market?
0: It it will. It goes through cycles. So – you're going to have those cycles. Like right now, we're really at a high point uh, for the cycle. We've been there for a while, for probably um, over seven years, I believe. We kind of hit a high and kept going up. If you watch, we've really since about 2010, the market has been going straight up and almost straight up. Um, so you always have times like um, we had. I'm not sure if you all are old enough to remember this. But the tech bubble, there was a tech bubble, and the market crashed because of that tech bubble, came back. There was 9-11. The market crashed because of 9-11. There was a housing market, 2008, 2009, time frame. Everything crashed. Banking, market came back. So it goes through those different cycles, and then it comes back. So I, I don't. I feel comfortable with that, and i watched uh, what has happened because I've been in the market plus um, before then. And just look at the history, and you'll see that it it always comes back. We're going to hit a low, and then we'll come back from that low. It may take longer. It may be a shorter time span, but it normally comes back, and the market um, winds up doing well because, of um, I guess, in the U.S., we are really an entrepreneur-based nation, and you'll see that, and you're seeing more of that now. Um, And so that fuels the economy, and then that, of course, fuels the stock market, et cetera. So you'll see um, that happen, and I'm very comfortable based off of what I've seen. Um, Over the years, and even just in this last couple of months, right now we've gone back up. We're still volatile, but uh, we've gone back up since March. Um, And then we just have to see what's going to happen with COVID-19 and all the other Issues because those are called what are called market risks. When a market risk happens, things, wars, uh, hurricanes, floods, different things, um, that then causes fluctuations or volatility in the market. And then you just have to, as I tell people, is study what you want to invest in versus investing in something uh, that you think, and then look at its track record and see. And that gives you a feel of what it will, it will probably do. It's no guarantee, but at least gives you a feel. This has done this for the last fifty years, so it will probably do the same thing going forward. Um, and so, but look at those different things. And I tell people I have people more so invest in mutual funds versus into the actual stock uh, because the mutual fund gives you more flexibility, and it can give you safeguards. And I'm not trying to say it's safe, but it gives you more safeguards um, and keeps things in a particular parameter. So if something goes up in a mutual fund, and something goes down, it may balance it out. It may or may not, but it has a tendency, depending on what you're investing in, to do those things. So have a lot of confidence um, be, just because of the history of the market and, and just it's, it's cyclical. It's something that happens you see it go down, and it'll come back up. Is just finding things to invest in that will uh, be able to 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 be able to um, provide you with some growth and to provide you with some income uh, long term.
2: All right. So, my next follow-up question for you, um, and this is just strictly your opinion: um, How do we educate? black people earlier about financial markets the stock market and everything like that because just based on my experience i basically had to like do the research on my own you know in our community we don't really um we just we're just not we don't have as many people that are as knowledgeable about it if that makes sense um So you kind of really have to figure it out on your own, whereas I feel like other races, they have generations and generations and generations of people who have done it for so long that they just hand it down to their their kids and their grandkids and everything like that. So how do we get on track um, and make sure that we make it really like a good habit for us as well?
0: We had to start talking about it at the dinner table. We had to start talking about it at um, with 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 family, with friends. It had to be something normal. With me, um, my daughter uh, started when I was about ten. I'm mean, excuse me, she was about ten. About five to seven years ago, started studying for all these different tests and getting prepared. So she would drive around with me, and I would just talk to her and talk to her. And part, she was like. Dad, I'm 10 years old. I'm 10 years old. I said, I get it. But I'm planting seeds now, and this may not make sense to you today, but you're going to keep hearing it over and over and over again. Faith comes by hearing. You just keep hearing it over and over, and that's what we have to do. I think it has to be something that we start focusing on as a group of people just, I need to talk to somebody about this. I need to share this information with somebody. I need to share it with my children. Let's talk about it with my brothers and sisters. Let's talk about it with my, my parents. And, and I know sometimes parents don't like to get into it in there. Okay, older parents and they don't always like to talk about money, but it's like you got to talk about these things, have conversations about these things. I have older clients and younger clients. So I'm always talking to them and, and encouraging them to talk. And then also um, look for um, webinars. Right now, um, I do three webinars three webinars a month, one on budgeting and finance, one on retirement planning, and one on social security. So we started doing those, and then that way people can start to learn and then have conversations with people. And it's not the, everything, it's not going to cover everything the, that needs to be covered, but at least it plants that seed and gets those conversations going. So I think if we have to just, Force conversations. We always like to talk about different things, but I think we have to force conversations where we're talking about money, talking about uh, the importance of investment planning, the importance of retirement planning, what is going on with Social Security and how it affects us, insurance, insurance planning, all those different things, so that that becomes a norm and not something that's like, ah, oh, that's. We rarely hear that, which I'm seeing more and more of that communication taking place, and the more it takes place, the better it is for everybody.
1: Again, appreciate the thorough um, explanation on these, because these are important conversations that we need to be having in our community. So, again, we're talking to Terry Graham. He's a financial advisor, planner, anything that has going on with your, your finances, trying to get you in a better situation. You can check out more information about him at legacybuilders.us. All right, so Terry, there's another thing that's going on with this whole COVID thing that has caused a a, a bit of an issue, which is when it comes to people and their jobs, there's a lot of jobs being sacrificed, some people's hours are getting cut. Um, how can people who aren't constantly working or not working at all stay afloat while things stabilize?
0: Well, they're going to have to look at um, multiple sources of income, and and I, I, I I've been preaching that for years. I had a friend tell me, like Terry, I've never known you not to have multiple sources of income, and I'm like, wow, you know what? You're right. So I would recommend that one. Um, if you haven't saved, then all right. Then if you save then you're good. But still, look at what other sources of income uh, are out there for me. What other things do I like to do? Like I have a friend, great chef, and uh, with that. She got laid off the job from the hotel, and she was a manager down there um, of the restaurant. And uh, so I um, so kept like, "Hey, when are you gonna start making plates? When are you gonna start cooking? When you, uh, you know?" And I finally just was like, "Look, you gotta do this. This is important because you have a, a business in you. You have a catering business in you, and she knows that she." And so I kept pushing and pushing and pushing, and she finally started doing it. And now she's like, wow. She said, I only have time to do it four days a week. But from Thursday to Sunday, she's making good money doing that. And she realized, like, wow, if you would never push me, I would have never did it. Because she just would have, like, what are you doing? I'm watching TV. I'm like, you need to keep cooking. You need to, because you have ability to produce more income from something you love to do. So why not do it? You've gone to school for it, you know, et cetera. So I would recommend people find what is it that I love doing and how can I turn that into income versus just saying, you know what, I'm out here, I don't know what I'm going to do, but look at it. Because there are things that we love to do and and they can easily be turned into a source of income and keep looking at those different things and look for different things uh, that people need. Some people right now, they have turned masks into a business. So, you look at that, the making of masks. At first it was getting the basic mask, then there was now they're doing all types of stuff, putting logos on masks. They're uh, putting all types of other stuff on masks. So now I see quite a few mask businesses because of COVID-19 that would not have been in place uh, because of the the virus. I saw one company, they do makeup, uh, and that was that thing that helped them make money and now they make more money off of masks than they make off of makeup. So I would look for other sources of income, things you love to do um, and things that um, people need. What are things that people need to get done that they may not want to do themselves and, and find that niche that um, or that void uh, and a void so that you can fill that void and people will pay for that.
1: Okay, so I get, I get what you're saying with that is that people have to be kind of, not necessary. well, yeah, innovative, yes, but at the same time using some of the skills that they already have already to help make some a social income because that's a good uh, example when somebody has, the, you know, the culinary ability to be able to do like a catering business or something like that because people can always want to eat. They're going to spend money on food. That's happening. You got to. So, um it makes sense because, yeah, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of changes going on with people's hours. They don't know how stable they are, so it's good to know that they can attempt to do, try and do some things to keep the lights on. So I know that in this type of environment, this arena, when you start talking about money, it's not as simple as, like, trying to get somebody to change their phone service or try out a cable provider. So can you talk about a time when you just – you knew, listen, I got this product or service that fit a potential client perfectly – and they still resisted the suggestion.
0: Oh, yes, yes. You're always going. One of the things I learned is rejection in this business, pretty much in any business, is normal. And uh, you have to get over rejection, the fear of rejection, etc. cetera, uh, because everybody is not going to easily give you their money. Some people will do it sooner than others. But what you have to learn is, all right, let me provide a, the best presentation, the best product uh, that I can possibly provide to people and show them. And then uh, one of the things that I've learned with that is by doing the free webinars, educational webinars, people are like, wow, you're giving this, this knowledge away for free, so now I better understand this. And then what happens is they will share that with somebody else or a potential client. It's like, hey, why don't you come listen to what I have on this webinar and get your email. I'll put you on here. And then you can come and listen for free and then see whether you're comfortable or not. And then that way it gives people a chance to think about it and kind of grasp that information and see if they uh, want to do that. Um, because when somebody gives you that money, it's, 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 it's precious, it's and and then share with people. Hey, if you the way if you give me your money, I'm want to handle your money the way I handle my money. I don't waste my money. I I look at I research. I, I and then I come back and explain to them what I'm doing or what we're going to do, and make sure they know and understand what we're going to do, so that when it happens, they're not uncomfortable. I'm like I want you to be comfortable when we make this transaction. I want you to be comfortable when you roll over this money. I want you to be comfortable doing this. So what I found is in that, one, get over rejection, and then two, educate people and make them comfortable so that they are okay with doing what they're doing and they're not afraid to do.
1: It. No, um that is like, I don't know, there's so many layers to Um, like this type of endeavor when you start talking about investing money because again like my co-host EZ was talking about that we don't get educated like this from the beginning and everything so um, whenever we can get this type of knowledge it's a good thing to try to at least at at whatever point that we're at right now try to set ourselves up up in a better direction. So again we are talking to Terry Graham Financial Planner Advisor Um, if you want more information on how you can you know, save money, help set yourself up on a plan. Make sure and visit LegacyBuilders.us. Easy,
2: you got something else for Terry? I do. <laughs> so, <laughs> Terry, I wanted to get your opinion um, on something that Jim Cramer uh, had said. And for those of you that don't know, he's a, probably the biggest analyst on CNBC. Um, he was saying that um, with Robinhood, which is the um, – stock trading app Um, being so popular and a lot of people that are new to the game uh, of trading stocks and doing things like that, they're kind of being taken advantage of by veteran traders. Um, First off, what are your thoughts on that? And then secondly, what advice would you give to um, somebody that's using an app like Robinhood or Fidelity um, trying to make some money off the stock market?
0: The Now, the first part of the question, can you repeat it? Because I'm not sure if I understood it. So he was saying that, like, uh,
2: basically these people that are going on Robinhood, on these apps, they don't really know what they're doing. They're just trying to listen to different people on Twitter and just, you know, trade and just try to make quick money. And I, just, ah, okay. I was just interested to know your thoughts on that.
0: Okay, gotcha. All right, yeah, I, I thought that's what you were going about. I wasn't sure. Okay, I just wanted to clarify. So gotcha. With that, and I have clients that that uh, use different apps um, as well as invest with me. So what I tell them is this up front, do not invest more money than you're willing to lose. And that's important. So no. Um, and don't go for home runs all the time, because uh, a lot of times that's what people would do. Want I want quick money. I want a quick turnaround, and it's not always the case. So, um, with those different apps, those apps are nicely on your phone. You can use them. You can check your account. So I'm, and I'm an automation person, IT by nature, anyway. So I do like those, but then I would say research um just because somebody put something out there doesn't mean that it's going to be good advice and it could be that the advice they're giving you is old so and and in the market if it's old certain things may have gone up yeah somebody may have invested in march and then now they made a bunch of money off of something today because the market went up from march mid march to now but if you come in now and then expect to do the same thing that that person did in March, that may or may not happen because the market was at a different place in March than what it is in July. So I will say um, nothing wrong with using the app. Um, The big thing is research. Research what you're investing in. Make sure you understand it and don't just invest in anything um, and listen to multiple sources, don't just listen to one. And sometimes they, some of them will contradict each other. But listen to multiple sources, get different information, get as much information as possible, and then research and make educated decisions versus just trying something. So that's what I would recommend there. Use, the app, use of the apps is great. Some people don't like the use of the app, Some people do always tell clients, hey, if this is something that you want to do, go for it. Just set aside the amount of money that you're willing to invest, um, and then do the necessary research in these different areas that you want to invest in, and and don't try to go for fast money. Um, that's that's I think a lot of people are trying to do that is trying to like, hey, I want a home run. Well, let's get a base hit or get the second, get the third and then bring it on home. But take your time, and then as they study and learn more, then they will understand the trends of the market. They'll understand the trends of stock. They'll understand the trends of mutual funds, et cetera. So then that way they, they're coming more knowledgeable versus just guessing or hoping that what somebody put on Twitter or somebody told them is a good idea. Let me ask
1: you this, cause we've been discussing money, and it's a, it's a it's a touchy subject when it comes to 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 people and how people are, because these are still customers, clients, if you will. So, how do you handle demanding clients? Because again, we're talking about money, so they may call you, they may email you five, ten times a day. So, how do you deal with
0: that? Planning. Um, What I normally do, I I like to talk to them and and get to know people. That's one of the biggest things that I've learned. I need to get to know the client, which ones are going to to be more demanding than others. Um, And then also, um, I look at it, does this client fit me? And it's kind of a backwards thing for some people because a lot of times I want that client. Uh, but I always look and say, make sure that we fit each other. Um, does this client fit me and do I fit this client? I had one client that I was, I was it was so funny, the client, um, I was pushing the client away because I was like, wow, this is going to be a rough client. It just—it just. But the client was like, you, but I didn't do it in a bad way. I helped the client, I helped the client, and I said, okay, well, why don't you go look at this other option? And the cap, you know, look at, compare. Don't just look at me. And I was just like, all right. Then so well, I'm leaning over this way. I said, I'm good with you leaning that way. I'm fine. If you choose me or if you go that route, I'm good. There's nothing's going to change. So I had to to learn that our friendship is not going to change or our relationship is not going to change. Whatever decision you make, but I realized that would be a very demanding client. And so in understanding that I got to know the client, I got to know how to communicate properly with the client and know when the client will worry or not worry, and then head that off. So basically I normally communicate with my clients quite often so that um, they know where we are, what our plan is, we have a plan. So it lessens the call, not that I don't get them. When market goes down, clients are going to call. It's just a natural thing. Uh, Am I okay? Is my money okay? Well, let's take a look at it and then let's talk about it. In March, I had clients call and said, Don't look at it. They were like, What? I said, Don't look at it right now. Give the market time. I said, Because you don't want to see it. I said, Because of where it is. And most of the clients, a couple of them, I had to say, Hey, this is where you are, but you're okay. And they were like, Okay. So I know the different ones and where we are based off of the plan. So it's individualizing. Um, the clients and the relationships to know, all right, this is what I have to do for this client. Um, and then actually kind of even be ahead of the client, knowing what's going on with the market. And, and sometimes I'll just call the client, check on them, and let them know what's going on before the market, before they can even see the damage or hear the news. Uh, So those different things and just being flexible and being there to listen, hear what they have to say, and then um, give them the best options that I can possibly give them, hoping that they will listen to uh, what I'm saying. Okay. And
1: that's good to know for people who are potential clients that you take the time to you know, individualize something. They know that they're not your only client, but to know that in the moment you treat them that way is a big deal. So, so pick I got a couple more for you here, and then we got a little game that we like to play here. But let me ask you this, Terry. What would you do if someone pushed you to act unethically? Like, come on, you know, under the table, do me this solid. What do what you do in that situation?
0: I, I would not do it, one, and we would have to – uh re-evaluate the client uh, relationship um, because I, I it would be one of those, like, I can't do this. If they're pressing this, then I'm like, hey, you may want to find somebody else that's willing to do that, but I'm not willing to do that because it's not ethical. And I don't want to be in a situation where I'm doing something unethical because not only does it affect the relationship with that client, it can affect the relationships with other clients. So, and then I just don't like to do unethical stuff. It's just like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not comfortable doing that. Um, If you want somebody else to do that for you, you have to find somebody else that may do that, but I don't recommend it. And I'll give them my best advice. This is not something that you want to do, but if they continue to push me to do it, then I would say, Maybe we don't need to to have this relationship Um, um, if this is the route that you want to take because I don't want to be associated with that. because then that could come back and haunt me later on um, being an investment advisor. And I've I've put in too much time and effort uh, to get here because it's one of those things I think I've gone through six exams to be where I am. And they were painful, all of them. But it's like when you put that much blood, sweat, and tears in, you don't want to do something unethical to lose your license and your ability to help clients uh, and to um, provide uh, information to other people.
1: No, it's it's good to know that, you know, you're not willing to do any under-the-table things because, like you said, the residual effects of that is that if something were to happen that was negative, that could affect potential other clients or people that do business with your firm and things of that nature. So that's smart uh, business ethics on that part. A couple more here real quick. Um, People are going to want to know who listened to this. What information do you use to evaluate a client's financial position? And what's the reason that you use these particular bullet points to um, for potential clients?
0: Well, I like to look at a couple of different things because I'm trying to get a picture of where they are, and then find out where they're trying to go. So, in order to see that, you have to evaluate where people are. So, I look at what is your annual salary? How much does a client make per year? Some people don't like to share that information. I get it. But that helps in understanding different things because that can help me understand what type of account I can put you in and not put you in based off of some IRS standards. So there are certain accounts you can't go into if you make too much money. The IRS won't let you put any money in there. So then I can look at that from that perspective, and then that says, all right, here are the type of accounts. I can put clients in. Um, here's how much you can put in there based off of your salary um, or if your business owner. Here's how much you can put into account, uh, uh, different types of uh, retirement accounts based off of your um, the amount of money that you give to yourself as a salary. So you look at those different things. Um, you look at net worth, um, and you're looking at that, and it helps you with a mixture of a couple of things, your net worth and your liquid net worth, to see how much um, debt somebody has, because you want to look at that as well. Because Eventually in, in retirement planning or investment planning, you want to help people um, see or set goals to get out of debt as well. So that helps you um, with looking at those different things, your annual expenses, again, coming in, special expenses, And that goes back to debt and how much is going out because then with that, you can also help people with budgeting and seeing where a lot of that money is going and help them see, okay, I'm spending a lot of money here. You're making this amount of money, but you're spending a lot. So um, you want to look at those different things. Um, You also want to look at the time frame for uh, special expenses, the time frame for your uh, expenses overall to see how long is that going to last because then you can look at you're going to have money freeing up at a certain point in time so you may not want to start investing this amount today but when the expenses, the money from these special expenses frees up their car note um, or some uh, debt, school loan then you can look at taking that money and then applying that into an investment account so You want to look at that, and then also your investment holdings. What type of investments do you have now, if any? And then that helps in laying the foundation of, if you don't have any, it helps lay the foundation of where to start because then you can say, okay, you don't have any. I need to know where to start with you and where is a good place to start. And then um, from there, build out a portfolio. If they already have a portfolio set up, then you can look at what that portfolio is and say, all right, here's your current portfolio. What can we do to enhance this portfolio or what needs to be done to tweak this portfolio? So I look at that to get that whole picture and better understand where they are, uh, how they were thinking, the different types of accounts and all that, and just get that big picture. And then from there I can give them, my advice. Also, and I forgot to put this on there, but also look at age because your age is going to determine a lot concerning how much risk you're going to take as well. So look at those different things and then do a risk assessment to say, all right, are you a moderate? Are you aggressive? Are you somewhere in between? Are you conservative? Are you moderate or aggressive or in between those? And find out where you are concerning those based off of your age based off the investments and just based off the time for that particular type of account that you want that money to be invested.
1: Man, just listen to you talking about that, Terry, I feel smarter about being able to make choices. I mean, I know I'm not a no financial advisor or nothing like that, but the way it's explained, like I've heard people explain this stuff before, but, it's so over my head, but yours is just broken down to the point where you can – because that, that's probably a lot of it, too, is that sometimes folks don't fully understand what everything means, so it's good to just break things down in layman's terms like that. So I got one last uh, one here for you is if you can tell our listeners where they can find you online and anything else that can sway someone to give your services a try who might be on the fence about
0: it. Okay. All right, my name is Terry Graham and uh my wife and I we own Legacy Builders uh Wealth Management uh and uh basically our goal is to help uh people um um build wealth and then uh build out a legacy as well for their family. So, we can be reached at www.legacybuilders.us uh online. Our phone number is 404 404- 514 uh, again, 404-514-2232, and basically what we do is sit down with people. We help them with retirement planning. We help them with investment planning. We also help them with insurance planning. That is uh, All three of those are important because um, you want to make sure that you're covered in those three different areas. Man, so you know, take
1: that information. Legacybuilders.us. Make sure and check it out. Again, repeating the phone number for Terry: four zero four five one four two two three two. And Terry, since you know we we are based in Atlanta, but we have listeners all over. You'll take a client no matter what the state they're in, right? You're good with not just local. You'll you'll deal with somebody out of state as well.
0: Yeah, I deal with clients in and out of state. Um, with certain states, I'm not licensed there. But um, it doesn't take much to get licensed in those different states. So uh, there's a client that's coming from different states um, that I'm not licensed in. I can take them, for instance, I'm licensed in Texas and from Georgia all the way up to Maryland. So um, if I'm uh, not licensed in the state and the client wants me to help them and work with them, I can uh, get licensed in that state to help them with uh, their investments, and I have no problem doing that uh, because it 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 makes a difference, and people people need it, and I work with people in each one of those states, uh, uh, and um, so it's a beautiful thing. All right, so again,
1: LegacyBuilders.us, go ahead and secure that financial future. So, Terry, listen, we've been we've been serious and all that stuff, and we've been talking about money because it's serious business. It's crazy stuff going out here with the Rona out here roaming, but we like to have fun around here, and we mostly do have fun, but uh, we got a little game that we play with our guests here. Um, it's called Don't At Me. I'm going to ask you a few uh, rapid-fire questions about just some any random little things here, and then you'll give your answer, and you'll just at the end of your answer, you'll just say, Don't At Me, like you're fully confident in, in, in the answer that you're giving. So if you're with that, We can go ahead and uh, have a few laughs with this if if you're good with it.
0: Okay. All right. Got it. All
1: right. So let's do it. All right. So, and I have to tell you, and my brother will tell you, I did not make these easy on you. So let's start with this first one here. What's the better long weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Saturday, Sunday, Monday?
0: Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Don't act.
1: I might be inclined to agree with you
2: on that one. Easy, what, what's the better long weekend?
1: Absolutely.
2: Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Nobody that wants to work on a Monday. Pricey. That that Monday, that Monday, you could argue, is the most valuable of the three. Because nobody wants to go to work on Monday.
1: Nobody does. So nobody. No one,
2: it makes your <laughs> Sunday night even better.
1: It makes your Sunday night even better. All right. Here's the next one. Ranch or blue cheese?
0: Neither. Neither. Don't ask me. Oh, <laughs> so what do you put on your chicken wing? <laughs> Nothing. Sauce. Nothing. So oh, wow. Whatever sauce <laughs> that comes with it, whatever type of sauce <laughs> is on the chicken.
1: He, he went off the board on that one, so no, so no, so no dipping at all. I mean, the nah, clear answer is It's got to be, it's got to be blue cheese, right? I mean, if
2: you're if you're dipping, it's got to be blue cheese.
0: Uh, no no, the answer,
2: The correct answer is both. It <laughs> be both. Okay. <laughs> Terry,
1: <laughs> Terry says he says neither. He says he says if I get barbecue wings, I want to taste
2: the barbecue.
0: Yeah, it, If me go. and Terry
1: Go
2: get wings together. He's gonna order one of each for me, and I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just take them both. So. And that's what
0: people do. They're like, "Well, you're not getting anything. Get me some. <laughs> and I'll take you. <laughs> exactly what so people you- do. So if
1: you if you go on the Buffalo Wild Wings with Terry, just know that you're getting an extra blue cheese or ranch, whatever your flavor. All right. Here's the next one. This is Food Relays also. What's a better sub shop or spot? Subway, Jimmy John's, or Firehouse? Ugh. Ugh. I
0: had to go Jimmy John's. Don't at me.
1: All right. What do you say, Easy? What what do you choose out of those
2: choices of of a sub spot? Uh, Damn, that's a good one. Uh, I'd probably go Firehouse. it's probably not a popular
0: opinion.
2: I can't, like I said, I
1: don't, I can't answer the firehouse because I've never eaten there. So if I just, if I had to choose, it probably would have ended up being, and I didn't put it on here as a wild card, but I probably would choose Publix over all these. But if I had to choose one off the list, it'd probably be Jimmy John's. I like their bread.
0: That's why I like Jimmy John's. The bread. The The bread bread at Jimmy John's is better. It's fresh. Fresher. All right.
1: Here's one that you and I know about, Terry, my brother might in a minute. So you shave your head, so which is better to use, a straight razor or a clipper?
0: Neither. Don't at me.
1: So which one are you, you know, using, a uh, skull
0: shaver? Straight razor or, like, a, a hand. I don't use the, the razor, but I use the one, like, the left. You're talking about Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that kind of straight razor. Okay, alright. Straight razor then. Yeah, I'm thinking you're talking old school straight razor. No. They not the old school and... that you use the
1: belt for, nah. I'm talking like I'm
0: like, man, I'd
1: kill myself. I... <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: so it's all definitely it's definitely a straight razor. It you know, it's the um, only way to go.
0: Straight razor. Don't at me.
1: Straight razor. Yes. So, easy when you finally come on home and shave your head, man, which one are you going to use? The Clippers? <laughs> hold on, hold
2: on, hold on. So, for, the people, for the people on the show, I still have a full head of hair that is out of pocket right now because of this quarantine. And so, 20 years from now, if I do have to go to that point, I will probably go with the straight razor. But until then, this curly-headed boy will continue to go to his local barbershop with a mask on. <laughs> There
1: we go. He just he just suddenly <laughs> told me to lower my voice. <laughs> All right, Terry. Last one here. Which one of these is
2: more associated with breakfast,
1: orange juice or coffee?
2: Orange juice. Don't at me.
1: What do you say, Easy? Which one of those is more associated with breakfast, orange juice or coffee?
2: I would say orange juice. Um, Just because people these days be drinking coffee any damn time of the day. Like, coffee used to really be a breakfast thing. And now people drink that every day. Well,
1: every hour. they do, no
2: matter. Yes, this is true. Coffee is more anonymous
1: with whatever whatever time of day or whatever. I know people
0: that drink coffee at night. I'm like, why are you drinking coffee at night? It don't affect me. I drink it all day. I'm like, oh, Wow. (laughs)
2: Not a, yeah, not that, a, that's not why i don't drink drinking now anyway. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm not a, a fan, thing, but what I to Starbucks and gets the uh, the tea or the lemonade. And People just yeah. look at me but crazy what, what, because they get weird? a crap or something.
1: It, ta- it tastes good, but I tell you what, I am a fan of. I'm a fan of Terry Graham playing "Don't At Me" on the aftermath. exclusive. because <laughs> you get it. Yes, sir. So. Tara, that was was a great conversation about finances and everything, and we definitely appreciate you taking out the time. And we're going to have to have you come back again um, to speak on some more different things um, as far as, like, products, and then just, you know, have some fun because you have another background, too, that comes to music and stuff. We only scratched the surface with you, so we're going to have to do a part two here um, in the very near future. But definitely appreciate you taking out the time to, um, you know, talk to us today.
0: Awesome. Thank you guys for having me. It's definitely uh, a privilege uh, of, uh, of having you guys interview me and sharing this information and even playing the game. Don't at me. So y'all know yes. if you hang out with me, y'all get some extra uh, ranch and blue cheese dressing for the wings, but I don't dip. This That part about getting the extra makes me happy, but
1: try, try and dip <laughs> some one time. Next time you have your hot wings, the blue <laughs> cheese will not let you down. I swear it will not let you down. But again, like I said, we definitely appreciate it. Check Terry out, legacybuilder.us, or you can give him a call, 404 514 2232. And we're going to give Terry the high budget applause for his appearance here. Appreciate you, Terry.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, thank
0: you. Thank you. I like the applause, too.
1: <laughs> it, we spared no expense. Appreciate you. Awesome, awesome.
0: All right.
2: All right. That was
1: Terry Graham. Man, easy. Another aftermath in the books, man. Another dope interview, man. How you feel? Good over there? Are you still there?
2: Oh, my bad. I was on mute. Uh, (laughs) That was a great (laughs) interview. And any time that we can have a brother on that can talk about wealth and how we can build that kind of wealth individually and make it more prevalent in our community, that is always a great thing. And really, the purpose of this platform is we continue to empower and uh, educate our listeners and folks around the world. Because we do have listeners af- around the world. We do.
1: We do in a bunch of different countries, the U.K., Australia. Um, I'm probably missing a couple. Um, It's a Vietnam And we definitely Yeah, the U.S. So we definitely appreciate that And once again to reiterate To the people that may be listening to us For the first time At our website Blogtalkradio.com Slash it's the radio show We do a live show Every Tuesday at 8 o'clock Eastern Where we have all of our hosts So you got myself M16 Easy Who are on this show But then we also have Your boy Cujo He does his Snack Club, The Jerk, ATL Diva, and Tiki Blue. We come together on Tuesdays at 8 o'clock, and we're basically like a hip-hop variety show. We review movies. We talk about what's going on in the world today, and we play underground music from, you know, different rappers, singers, whatever, you know, the genre is. We we hop into that, mostly hip-hop. And, again, you listen to our bonus show that we do periodically, mostly on the weekends that we drop on where we talk to interesting people just like Terry Graham just now who have these great endeavors that we feel like you should know about. So we do have another aftermath that is coming tomorrow, depending on when you download this podcast. Sunday, the, was it, the 26th, we're going to be talking to Erica J. Kane. She is a YouTube blogger and a entrepreneur. So plenty to get into with her tomorrow. That's going to be dropping. This podcast will be dropping later on via Spotify, Apple, I mean, just any, look. Just look up. It's the radio show, and we're on all of those programs. Just make sure and check us out. All right. So easy. Before we get up out of here, man, I know I've been ending these aftermaths with a little bit of a, a rant per se, but I have something I want to get off my chest before we get out of here, if you don't mind. And you probably will identify with this. All right. So, sure. When when I'm in the grocery store, which is rare now because the Rona, but when I'm in there, and when I'm getting one item at the store, don't assume. I don't want a bag. You ask me and let me decide if I want one. Maybe I want to put my bag, my gum in a bag, okay? So don't just put it up on the counter. Or if I buy a Gatorade and it's got the handle on it, don't assume I don't want a bag. Ask me. I want the choice. I may not want it. I may, I may want it, but I want the choice. Don't make it for it. I'm sorry, man. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, I, I want it in a bag, Brad. Uh, oh, my God. A pack of gum. What? I might want a bag for it. For what? They could at least ask me. Don't just say, "Hey, do you
2: want this in your pocket?" I might want it in a bag. So you get mad when they don't offer you a bag for your coke that you already opened, yes, and you're just I, paying for it. I,
1: yes, that should be asked to me every time.
2: Don't just assume I, I
1: want to carry. You, okay, ask. So I'm that guy, even if I don't want one, if
2: they don't ask me, I'm like, hey, can you put that in the bag?
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I've been that guy on
2: <laughs> Why yeah, do I feel like Al Gore going? is just crawling in a circle, cringing at the fact that you're asking for plastic for one pack of gum? <laughs> I'm
1: just, but I'm just saying, all I want is the courtesy of
2: asking me, hey, would you like that in the
1: bag? And then I can say, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. I'm, that's okay. I can put it in my pocket. Versus just sitting it up there. Like, we didn't discuss it. Sorry, man. I'm just, I, I could feel you like I could feel that look that you give me, that, that look of really this is what we doing. I'm just saying, man.
2: I'm just saying. Jesus Christ, y'all. <laughs> A pack of gum.
1: I'm not lying, I'm not just saying this this isn't like show, you know, entertainment. This is for real.
2: Oh I know. Which is the cringe which is the cringiest part of it all. All right, again, many thanks to Terry Graham.
1: Legacybuilders.us is where you need to check him out. Or give him a holler, four four five one four two two three two. 514 Secure that financial future. And we appreciate y'all checking out the aftermath. Hopefully you like what you hear. You'll stick around. You'll check us out live on Tuesdays. And you'll download these when they come out periodically on the weekend. We got a lot of them in the tank, a lot of them in the archives. We'll make sure and check if you want out. to hear
2: sixteen rants about something that is not helping.
1: <laughs> See, your phone line didn't even like you. It broke up on you. You didn't even get to get it out. And I'm okay with that.
2: <laughs> but I was saying again, if you want to hear more of sixteen rants that are not helping global warming, tune in Tuesday.
1: Look, man, if I want my items in a bag, I should be asked if I want the items in a bag. The assumption part is what I can't deal with. Don't get me started, man. I'm actually calm right now. All right? But anyway, again, many thanks to Telegram for coming through. And again, we just hope that you like what you hear and you come back and check us out again in the future. Alright, Easy Well man, I appreciate you man. Another aftermath in the books, man. Definitely appreciate it. Let's do it again.
2: Sure, why not? Yeah, let's.
1: Alright, well, again, you guys, thank you for listening. This has been the radio show, the aftermath. Have a good rest of your Saturday or whatever day you're listening to this.
2: We
0: appreciate you.